0: Hallå Lisa, välkommen till Lisa Blåsvin Alexander, en podcast om naturlivet och människan bak. Är det Lisa eller näs? Hallåis och god sommar för Alisorgsant. Sidan du har hört fram sist så har jag klämt ut en unge och är er nu i mamma med min lilla sön. Det är er väldigt kosligt och lite strävsamt. Jag har lagt en liten sommerepisod som är er slangs och men rätt för ett barn. Det är er ett intervju med Martin Obenhaus som är er en väldigt kul, väldigt chill österrikisk vinmaker som samsläng inom byen i våras. Här snackar vi lite om biodynamisk vinmärkning, kan lika och spisa till frukost och anna snacks. Hoppas du har en jättefin sommarferie att lika episoden. Och så hörs vi en gång lite ut på höstparten när jag har fått hod över varna med min Norwegian wine baby här borte går sommer vidare Hallais, välkommet till Lisbris vinner liksant en podcast om naturlig vin och människan bak. Är det dig så
1: näst? Can you
2: say something? Just hello. Hello. I'm fine,
0: super. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. Hello, Martin Ubenhaus. Welcome so much to the podcast. Do I pronounce your last name correctly? Obenhaus?
2: Obenhaus, yes. Right. Cool.
0: So if uh, any of our listeners have been to Esaias, they have most likely had your wine because we sell a lot of it, just so you know. Great to hear. We love it. So uh, here at Esaias, we've been selling a lot of your white wine the uh mauve weiss yeah and the red wine and then we just got your rosé in as well which i'm really excited to see how it goes in the summer
2: yeah i think uh, rosé is doing pretty pretty good because it's a uh, yeah super summer wine easy drinking super light low alcohol so just not too complicated and also a natural wine
0: mm-hmm like all the wine, other size, I might add. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to have you here. You did an event uh, in the wine bar last night. Obviously, I'm super pregnant, so I wasn't there. But uh, did you have fun?
2: Yeah, yeah. Cool. It was super nice. Lots of people here, and yeah. Yeah, it was I wasn't great surprised.
0: Night. As I said, you. Uh, I'm not saying this to be nice. Like you have, uh, you been your wines have become quite popular in Norway. That's,
2: that's good. Really that's cool good. to
0: have you here, man. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you... I To be honest, I've done no research. So uh, I'm just going to ask you lots of questions. Uh, how did you get into wine? Are you a multiple generation winemaker? Or are you a first generation winemaker? Or what's your story?
2: So I was actually born into it. So I took over from my parents, the winery. In in the past, we were a mixed agriculture farm, so we had animals, fields, and also vineyards. But uh, when I took over, <coughs> I changed uh, to just wine, but now we also bring back the animals a little bit into the winery or to the farm again to make this um, circle of life complete and bring more uh, yeah, life in the area also because in my town in my village all the animals are gone and so i try to bring diversity back
0: which uh, part of austria are you making your wine
2: i'm in lower austria mm. it's um, the wine region mm. so it's uh, about 50 kilometers north from vienna
0: what kind of animals do you have then?
2: Now I own sheep. So I work with the sheep. They actually working for me in the mm-hmm. fields. So I use them for uh, mowing the grass in between. And that's working, yeah. That's working. And yeah bring lots of life back in the in the vineyards.
0: Yeah, because obviously they have manure as well and then you have uh, natural fertilizer yeah. instead of chemical fertilizer.
2: Yeah, and for my opinion it's uh, great how they uh, work with the soil so the bacteria grow there and connect the roots between all the crops and, and wines together. Mm. And so we get um yeah a faster f- uh, sinking of all the plants and so we can be um better against the disease and yeah that's really really good
0: good stuff Um, So, you're making natural wine, obviously, we don't need to break that down on the podcast what it is, because I hope the listeners know by now we're on episode 24, so if you haven't figured it out, go back and listen to one of the earlier episodes. Um, But how did you get into natural winemaking? Is that your heritage or was that something you had to turn around on your farm?
2: Uh, I had to turn around. Mm. In the past, we were kind of normal winery. But uh, I figured out when I was working in the fields and also in the cellar, all the wines tasted like uh, similar and there was no, no big difference between variety and vineyard. Mm. And uh, I don't like that. So I figured out how I can change uh, the things to get um, more exciting wines and the only way was to produce natural and to bring the region and the surrounding area into the wines and it worked out it changed uh, faster than i thought so mm. i got um, after three re- three years good results on working uh, bioorganic and then I got into the biodynamic farming mm. and yeah, it was a very good decision for me and it feels good.
0: Three years, that's pretty fast. Did you have quite good soil conditions to work with then? Or?
2: Yeah, um, my parents worked conventional, but um, they were also a little bit focused on not to bring too much other stuff into the fields. So it wasn't um, that bad in the beginning. Mm. So I was able to, yeah, continue the little experiments from my parents, and yeah. So it wasn't that bad to change the system.
0: Yeah, that's good because I've heard I've heard rumors that some people try to go natural and it takes a lot longer than three years to yeah. turn it around. Yeah,
2: yeah. To to have it completely turned, it needs uh, about ten years. Mm. I guess, yeah.
0: In your area, are there a lot of natural winemakers, or are you sort of alone?
2: No, I'm actually sort of alone. Mm. So, actually, I'm alone in in my village, but um, yeah, but the other growers are looking what I'm doing, so um, I have watching eyes on me. So, are they
0: curious, or are they a little bit? Uh, are they aggressive or or friendly?
2: No, shall we say? Gladly, um, the community is is good. In, in the village so no hating and uh, yeah that's good mm. so we can talk to each other without uh, screaming shouting or whatever so that's that's good uh, In I know from from France there it's uh, different
0: yeah I have spoken to Jeff Cotelou about this actually because yeah. he had some uh, so for the listeners who don't know Jeff Cotelou is uh, uh, a French winemaker and he has had neighbors come and and uh, terrorize him basically yeah. just I think they set fire to something Ooh. even and uh, yeah just not being very positive to what he was trying to do yeah but also I think at least in France there is also a problem with the cooperatives so he wasn't contributing to the cooperative mm-hmm. and so. The neighboring vineyards saw that as a declaration of war, kind of like, you don't want to help us make more money, so therefore you must be against us. Oh. Is, but that's not really how things are done in Austria. It's more like uh, that winemakers make their own wine in-house more than cooperatives.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's a common thing that, uh, yeah, family wineries and...
0: Estate wines, kind of.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So also lots of small wineries with a uh, little production but um yeah it it's working but but the, in my uh, village most of the growers sell the grapes mm. to big uh, companies but uh it's it's working together so yeah and sometimes they change a little bit and uh, do now things I do so they figuring out that it's not that stupid what I'm doing so that's good that's really good you're
0: starting a trend yeah that's, that's cool
2: that's really cool yeah and also they are asking what I'm doing and hmm. um, i think that is very important that uh, all the other guys are a little bit more communicating hmm. and not just um thinking about something and maybe then or often they go in a wrong direction and uh, yeah so i think that's the key to talk Mm. again much more
0: no for sure i think we all we all want the same thing that uh, everybody starts making natural wine instead of uh, shitty wine yeah yeah and also i guess that would be a benefit for you because as you're saying all the animals are gone and so if you increase biodiversity all around you that would be positive for your own vineyard as well no
2: yeah that uh, would be very nice and yeah but um, I built uh, lots of insect hotels in, in the area so nice yeah so kind of huge one so there are lots of place for the wild bees mm. and yeah and also the, uh, the people from the village are really happy to have it because uh, they can see it when they walk through the vineyards and yeah it's it's nice for older people
0: mm. sponsor den här episoden är er hos Vinskap.no De har ett svårt utvalg av vinglas, både kända märken som Salto idel. och nyligen så tog de också in mark Thomas glasen som brukas av massorna av producenter av Australien. Ikväll minst har de ett champa stort utvalg av vinskap. Jep, det är er en annan. Från småskap till billpenget till större lagringskap för de som har en långtidshorisont på vinlagringen. Hos vinskap har de lidenskap för vin. Steck inom och se om du finner något for listeners who don't know i think austrian wine is more firmly on the map than it has been the last i'll say three four years maybe before at least in norway it was like german wine was a thing austrian wine was kind of still a bit strange or new but i think now people are a little more educated that austrian wine is a thing and is like the main the main austrian grape that's become quite popular at least in norway um so how, uh, Austrian wine production obviously has quite a long history. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, how do you see that heritage in your own winemaking? Is there a lot of heritage that you feel that you need to adhere to, or are you more freestanding to make your own new path?
2: So I'm working, uh, quite new against the, uh, uh, normal stuff, mm-hmm. let's say, um, So I do the unfiltered wine style and there I'm just allowed to labor uh, Austria and not my uh, tiny region. Mm. So that is a kind of little problem. Um, But in the end, actually, uh, Austria is so small and uh, it's good when uh, when the guys outside know Austria that's uh, small enough or big enough. And so I'm good with that, so i I don't actually care if um i yeah I don't need the, the government law to do something on my wine so i i and clearly I can do what I'm doing, I'm allowed to mm-hmm. but uh, have to label it different, but that's okay
0: is it quite strict than the appellation yeah, Olympics. it
2: it turned uh, more strict in the past few years. Really? And yeah, but it 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 went a little bit um everything is tasting the same. And so diversity is um going down mm. fast. And so I I actually don't want to uh play play there this game, so I want to make my wine how i feel about it and how i think it's the best and i like to show that the people outside and not i don't want to make it look like something else hmm. and yeah
0: it's quite uh, surprising a little bit that it's become stricter the last few years instead of going the other way actually yeah
2: it's politics
0: god that is depressing um but hey, I mean uh, at least you're doing what you're doing and that's great. I'm also a bit surprised as well because I'm just thinking like some of the first natural wine that a lot of people have had in Norway is go. Do I say that correctly? Gut go,
2: Gut Yeah. Mm? Gut
0: There we go. Yeah, I'll copy-paste that when I do the edit. <laughs> um, but for, for a lot of people, at least in Norway, that's like the first natural wine that they ever tried. And yeah. the, the, the labels, of course, are quite iconic and so on. Uh, and uh, obviously, they are Austrian. So I would think that at least they have put natural wine so firmly on the map. Uh, and also Mein Klang here in Norway as well. Yeah, Very, very popular. So Did then seeing the Appalachian politics going against natural wine is sort of surprising. But maybe it's just a Scandinavian thing?
2: Uh, no, no, natural wine is uh, going everywhere. Yeah, and, worldwide, uh, but I mean uh,
0: like the Austrian, like Mein Klang and are have become, are, are, they, are they, I don't know, are they super popular outside of Scandinavia or not? I don't know.
2: Yes. They yeah. are? These mm. two guys are really popular everywhere. So they actually doing a great job mm. to make uh, natural wine popular around the world and also for Austria it's a, a very good thing to have them. And yeah, they they kinda yeah worked hard on it and yeah. I'm actually also a follower, mm. so I like their wines, so Yeah, really me too. Nice.
0: But then the politicians are totally blind for this, apparently.
2: Yeah, there is a community working on it and talking, of course. But um, sometimes it's going in... Uh, yeah, let's say when you want to control this natural wine, it maybe becomes also controlled. And actually, that's not uh, what we are wanting. Because, um, yeah, every, everyone is unique. And if you control it too much... Maybe you get, again, um, similar wines. Yeah. And...
0: Yeah, for sure. This is something I've been been thinking a lot about and writing a little bit about, too. The problem of certification of natural wine or the problem of not having it, because there's pros and cons, right? Of course, it would be great to have one global, like Demeter or something similar for natural wine, but at the same time, when it becomes lucrative to imitate natural wine you can just you get a set of boxes you just tick them and then boom you have a natural wine and then it can be easy to exploit as well i guess yeah do you think it would be useful with a like one kind of global or at least european certification for natural wine or do you not think that would be a good idea
2: i think uh, demeter is a really good certification Mm-hmm. and when you buy Demeter wines, you're for sure have a very, very good product in your hands and uh, you can be sure it, it, that is controlled um, but on this side, it's more the controlling of the work you do in the vineyard and not the not absolutely this winemaking you do in, in the cellar, mm. there you're much freer, you just don't allow to add something mm. and as a biodynamic grower you don't want to add anything so this part is is yeah this controlling thing is 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 very very good mm. Are you end.
0: Demeter certified by the way? Yeah. 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 How was that certification process?
2: Um yeah you find another winery who is um is is uh for you he's um he's um, you have to talk to a partner, and he mm-hmm. he have to say to the Demeter, yeah, this guy is fine, and then so
0: you get like uh, recommended. By yeah, another you one, have right? to mm-hmm. get re-
2: recommended, right? And um, then um, some guys are watching you a little bit and and say, okay, this guy is fitting to to us or he's not, and then you're uh, in a phase where you more watched what you're doing and then after uh three years you are allowed to labor the hmm. and yeah you yeah you have to follow some rules of course and yeah and you have to try to yeah don't use um too much from the outside to so your the thing is you have to uh, find this life cycle in your uh, farm or mm. in the winery but it can look different in each winery so because each winery or each farm is unique and have other animals other plants and so it's also individual
0: mm. so you are allowed some flexibility within the, the mater certification then? yeah okay cool i didn't know Uh, Because I I do know uh, there's an Italian winemaker. I don't need to mention any names. But he he is uh, a little skeptical of the Demeter uh, certification because he feels like he is very much into biodynamics as the idea. And he does a lot of it. But he doesn't feel like all of the things that you have to do is for him. And so he will not get the certification because it feels like... Uh, yeah, it's also not conductive to the climate and so on. Do you think actually this is something I've been thinking about, but it might be totally wrong? Of course, Demeter or Steiner was Austrian, right? Or German? Uh, I think
2: it's o- Austrian. Old Austrian, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and obviously he created a system, f- maybe that was working better in the climate where he is from, but if you're from very hot part of Italy, like Sicily, it can be harder to employ or? Are yeah. you allowed so much flexibility that you could employ it no matter if you're in South Africa you could still do it?
2: Yeah, you can still do it and but that's my way of thinking. There are more ways to do biodynamic work mm. and it's not only the preparates you use. It's you have to see it as a yeah, tiny world you live in mm. and to make the, all the processes connecting together. And I think that's the the big thing about it, to, yeah, to do a good farming process. That's, uh, I think, the yeah, the thing you have to do and to find to do.
0: Mm, the ecosystem. Yeah. Mm.
2: And, of course, it have to look different in Austria than in France. Must, because it's yeah completely different, different soils, different climate and everything. And yeah, each farm is unique in a way, and but uh, it's working.
0: Mm. It's working, yeah, it clearly is because you're making amazing wines, so
2: <laughs> thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> So tell me a little bit about the plants that you have. How old are your vines? What kind of grapes are you working with? I know a little bit because I, I, I know your vines. But for the listeners who don't know, would you like to tell me about yeah.
2: that? So I just uh, do blends. Mm. So I'm not focusing on the grape varieties on the labor, But um, the most uh, grapes I have is Grunovetlina. And I just uh, do one single uh, grape wine it's the rotavetlina mm. it's uh, super unique in austria there are less than 200 hectares and it's um you can compare it a little bit to malvasier mm. and i do it also skin fermented and uh, it's 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 a super nice variety and there i have old wines uh, in in this Rotovetlina plant, they are planted in 1895. Wow! So they're super super old.
0: I would love to try this wine.
2: Yeah, you God. have it here, so you can.
0: Oh, we do great! <laughs> I haven't been to the shop forever. <laughs> well, I will try it later.
2: And uh, yeah, it's it's a r- very very nice uh, variety, and yeah, super rare, and that's why I like to label it to show it in the world mm. but um, all the others I do blends and I yeah do it um, where the vineyards are planted in, in in my village and how old are the wines there so I have um, for example the the most serious is the younger wines and then the unchanged older mm. and the top is unchanged stein and and these are the oldest vineyards I I have. And yeah, it's it's more more bodied bodied, more warmer wines, but also less alcohol in it. So mm. focus is not to produce that high alcohol wines. So keep it easy drinking mm. in a in a way. Yeah, that's the deal
0: your uh, super old vines the ones from the 1890s were they planted by your family as well or were they taken no, over by no. your parents
2: um i took that over mm. i got the chance to um cultivate there and otherwise it uh, would be um torn up uh, torn up mm. yeah and i'm also craft this uh, old variety of the rote that it's not lost, mm. otherwise it's maybe gone forever, this kind of rotavitlina. Yeah. And so, yeah, because it's nice, it's um, yeah, really old and worth to keep it.
0: For sure. So your winery is a bit like an animal shelter, but just for, for plants. Yeah,
2: in, in that way, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Take care uh, of them and uh, make them uh, reproduce. That's really nice. I like that idea
2: super happy that uh, my wines are becoming uh, popular here, and that's really, really good to hear and um, yeah, I love, love it here too it's my second visit here. And
0: yeah. Okay, well, it was really lovely to have you here, and uh, I hope you'll enjoy your excursion out of town today. And some mysterious concert that Matthias is taking you to as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm super looking forward to it and it's a kind of surprise. And yeah, here the people are so nice. So um, yeah, actually we had no plan when we arrived here and yeah, everything ran into other thing. And so yeah, that's really, really nice.
0: You have some really good tour guides, though. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The guys um, uh, Jens and Matthias from the Mousy Wine are super, super nice, and yeah, showing us around. It's really, really cool.
0: And you had a good weather, I must say. You've been extremely lucky. Yeah, that's
2: that's perfect. Yes, back back home when we when we left, it was snowing. Yeah. And here it's uh, yeah. Like summer.
0: And it's not going to last, so. but I'm glad you got to see it like <laughs> this. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and teaching us a little bit about uh, Austrian winemaking and your wine philosophy and biodynamics and everything. And of course, uh, a lot of your wines are available at the Wine Monopoly here in Norway. So listeners, just search for Martin Obenhaus and Löpeköp, uh, as we say, in Norwegian. Okay, thank you so much for coming, man.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Tusen takk til min gjest Martin Ovenhaus og til hans fantastiske importører på Mousy Wine som låter meg stjæle en liten halvtime av tiden hans Tusen takk til Marius Vabo som lager grafisk design og Hans-Andreas Låke som lager oss jingle Vi høres igjen om i morgen Shalabais Ba 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 And then if you tell me what you had for breakfast today
2: Pooh, like everything
0: <laughs> yeah tell me <laughs> well roughly yeah. did you have a big breakfast then
2: yeah yeah lots of coffee and mm. yeah baked beans like hotel breakfast hotel Ooh. breakfast yes
0: nice so you usually go for the baked beans and the bacon and the, the greasy stuff or
2: no this is only when i'm on holiday normally huh. my breakfast is just the uh, jam and bread and that's it
0: Jammabread. I can yeah. like some bread. All right. Let's see how that sounds. Som alltid, tusen tusentackle mina fantastiska gäster. Tusentackle Marius Vabo som har lagat loggan till podden och Hans Andreas Låke som har lagat musiken. Har du lust att lära ända mer om naturvin? Hvis du blir medlem och betalar 30 kr i mån, så får du tillgång till allt bonusmaterial. Lär mer pa slash show.acast.com/lisewinsand.